Hello and welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sorry. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin, history, music, and culture. While drinking a few brews. Though we don't often use strong language, the jokes and the content is not intended for young audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Before we begin the episode, we have to give a huge shout out to the Dangits from Madison, Wisconsin for providing us with great bluegrass intro you hear at the beginning of every episode. The song Razzle was written by Jamie Lampkins, but is performed by on behalf of Tom Wasselchuk and the Dangits. If you have a chance, check these guys out at dang-its.com for upcoming shows, music, or on how to book them for weddings, parties, and etc. Thank you for listening. Welcome back. This is Wisconsin Drunken History, Episode 7. And we are your hosts, Eric and Russ. We have a fun-filled, action-packed, and all-around great show for everyone today. So our main story is actually about the fish fry on Friday tradition. We have another installment of How Many Locos You At? And we will be sipping and reviewing Eagle Park Setlist IPA. We also have a special interview with the Bavarian Beer House and we'll be featuring music by a Milwaukee band, Brave You. Awesome. Let's go ahead and jump right in. So today's main story, again, is about the Wisconsin Friday Fish Fry. In Wisconsin, what could possibly rival beer, cheese, or Green Bay Packers football for popularity and notoriety? The Friday Fish Fry. That's what. With the last name Sturgeon, I'm basically a doctor in this field. I mean, let's just be honest. MD. Yep, exactly. Yeah, Eric Sturgeon, Friday Fish Fry MD. So... You know, Texas has chili, Louisiana has jambalaya, Maryland has seafood, Missouri has barbecue, Wisconsin has fried fish. It's believed that this tradition is deeply rooted in religion uh, and the strict observances during the Lenten season. Uh, Most people point to early European immigrants who settled in Midwestern states like Wisconsin, uh, Ohio, and Indiana, and they brought their Catholic practice of abstaining from meat Uh, plus their love of fishing, uh, with them. Meat was also more expensive, so fish was uh, a more affordable alternative. As we move forward, with the Wisconsin state motto, (laughs) to the 20s and 30s, uh, around Prohibition days, taverns in Wisconsin also needed uh, a cheap and easy way to keep their doors open. So fish was plentiful, affordable, uh, and they don't exactly need to be a rocket scientist to fry something. So... uh, it is said that the, the fish fry uh, was also used as a cover for speakeasies, citing the fragrant oil smell, so they may have uh, served a few pints under the table. Big whoop. So I know you said uh, you're looking for a cheap and easy way to keep it open. Um, you could go the Hurley route, too. I mean, you exactly. can get some girls. Let's go right back to episode one. Cheap and easy floozies. So uh, fish fries became a regular fixture in churches, Uh, They began hosting fish fry fundraisers and events uh, as a means for the parishes to come together uh, during the the Lenten season. Uh, After the end of Prohibition, restaurants added their own fish fry and fish dinner options to the menu in an attempt to lure in schools, get it, of these Friday pescatarians. McDonald's uh, even added the filet of fish sandwich to their menu in the 1960s after one franchise owner in Ohio noticed that the Catholic clientele were seeking out fish sandwich options uh, at other places. 
the variety of fish options it varies widely. Some areas offer locally sourced fish, uh, such as northern, walleye, bluegill, or perch, while most places stick to the typical cod or halibut. The uh, preparation is generally beer-battered, uh, but you can also find uh, lightly breaded or even baked or broiled options. Some places even offer what's commonly referred to as poor man's lobster, which is usually uh, boiled halibut served with a side of drawn butter, which is absolutely delightful. If you haven't had poor man's lobster before, I encourage you to try it at some point. It's not available at all the restaurants that do Friday fish fries, but if you find it on the menu, get it. It's absolutely a, a, a an amazing take on a cheap fish option that makes it seem way more high end. It sounds good. I mean, I've had like the the po-man cakes where they're like the crab cakes. Yep. But that's really not a cheap option to tell you the truth. No, and I think that they play that up too on the menu in order to make it uh, more expensive. They just say what it is, and it makes you believe that it's going to be kind of a, a you know a crab cake or something, a take on a really expensive seafood cake. So, um, like I said, that that option, you know, maybe not always the 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 most uh, cost saving, but get it shared around the table. It's definitely a a delectable thing. So let's not forget to mention uh, all the sides that are available uh, with this uh, storied tradition. You got your coleslaw, rye bread, hush puppies, French fries, applesauce, or the more purest option, potato pancakes. Uh, these are the, the common items that will accompany your entree. But the uh, necessities, if you really boiled it down to a few things that you need, lemon wedges, tartar sauce, and butter for the, the slice of rye bread, and some kind of coleslaw. Now, I know, Russ, you have a, a little bit of a, um, a theory on the all-you-can-eat take. Yeah, so if you're getting the all-you-can-eat fish fry, if they have hush puppies, you got to get them. But if you're trying to like make enough money or like save yourself some money and get the most worth, you don't get the soda, don't get the french fries, go right for the fish, and just keep going for the fish. I know we went to Kelly's a few times, me and Eric, and yep. they used to have all-you-can-eat. And I remember the first time I went, I had soda and the, the french fries, and I, I filled up literally about five, ten minutes, and I was done. The second time, I realized if I wanted to get my money's worth, I had to stick to the fish. Exactly. That's the thing. Even even a beer. I think you can go in into the fish fry just with like a couple of beers in, lubed it up a bit, you know. But when you're in there, I think the, the thing that you have to remember is we're there to get absolutely just ups, out, outside of this world stuffed with fish. Just another planet full of fish. And the thing is, is if you're only paying that $14 for the all-you-can-eat fish fry, it's important to nail down the fried fish or whatever option you order. Just get that. Even if they they entice you with the, oh, refills of baskets of fries and, oh, the all-you-can-drink soda pops as well. Try to keep your keep the blinders on. Go straight tunnel vision to fish. Fish, fry. That's what you got to eat. Yeah, otherwise you're going to hit a brick wall probably in about 10 minutes. The, the, the fries expand in your stomach. Soda dehydrates it a little bit, so you, like, you're not feeling good after it. But I've noticed when I just get water and the fish, I actually don't feel that bad afterwards, and you're actually getting more of them, your money's worth. Right. you got to be Olympic-level eating on this thing. you got to keep the blinders on, 
dig into the the fish when they come around and they're like can i get you another piece you're like lady i'm starving get me a dozen you know right yeah you you gotta lay out the fries like with any of those hometown buffets or anything like that if you're trying to get your money's worth you go for where like the expensive items are you stay away from the soda you stay away from the sweets stay away from the fries anything potato related because it's going to expand in your stomach and you get full and it's just something I, i mean i'm cheap i went to college I had to keep, you know, you have to save that money and you're trying to get the most nutrient you can for the cheapest cost. And so I've, I've learned these little tricks over time and I thought I'd share it with you. Absolutely. And, and let's just be honest, desserts off the table. Don't even think about it. I know that that place might have some delicious options, but you gotta keep your eye on the prize here. Get disgustingly, just, oh, uh, get obnoxiously full of fish. That's the, the, the key portion here with an all-you-can-eat fish fry is focus. you got to stay dedicated. Yeah, and you don't want to wake up next day with a stomach ache. You know, I've had some fish fries where I went for the soda. The soda always never makes me feel good. I'm always gripping the porcelain in the morning. I'm That's not the, feeling great. Exactly. That's the part that ruins you. The fish is not going to ruin you. You could get disgustingly full of fish and not feel like, you know, crap in the morning. It's the soda pop and... It's the the French fries and all the other additional things that you can just get you know wrecked on. Now that doesn't mean that you know for 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 fish fries that just give you two or three pieces, you got to go with a, a potato pancake oh, or some sort of a fresh fry it. or a, or a, a you know a hush puppy. That's not a big deal. I mean those that's we're not saying that those are off the table all the time. This is when you walk into an event that is strictly all you can eat. Right. And I mean, now places offer where you only get like a plate or two, like most of the fish fries around here, like They'll the local you bars. Right. You only get a plate or two, which that's fine. I mean, just if you can devour the whole plate, do it. You know, at, at that point, you're paying for it anyway. So, yep. Just get wrecked. All right. Our next segment here is how many local you at? So uh, if you don't know, this segment is about how many locals you drink to get to a point of what happens in these news articles. And I just want to kind of clarify again that one loco is four loco, two loco, eight loco, three locos is 12 loco. Obviously, you just add four onto it. So if you're at one and a half cans, you're at a six loco, just so you know the mathematics behind it. It's a little bit of engineering math. The story today comes from us from Lake Tomahawk, Wisconsin. A 52-year-old man was arrested on suspicion of drunken driving after striking at least 13 vehicles in the town of Tomahawk, according to the Oneida County Sheriff's Office. We're not going to say his name. Um, he's from Thunder Bay, Ontario, was issued several citations for Friday night, Friday night's incident, including reckless endangerment, unsafe lane deviation and operating a motor vehicle while under the influence. And he's a Canadian, too. Dude, this guy should be able to hold his liquor a little better than this. Right. When you're in the Northwoods, you got to freaking just chug him to keep warm. So he probably would have a tolerance of a bear like myself. Yeah, I, you would imagine. Now, so so he hit 13 vehicles in in the town and he cited for unsafe lane deviation, reckless endangerment, uh, operating well under uh, the influence. Now, the vehicles, it's a, were all unoccupied and parked, so That's nobody nice. was harmed. He's, he's the only individual even around during this point of time. The, they say that uh, he posted bond for more than $7,000. Yeah, that Canadian money. Dude. Yeah, that's that's insane. Um, hey there, mom. Uh, can I borrow some money from you? <laughs> yeah. Holy uh, smokes. You want to put the house up? The horse? I mean, it's a sicky mortgage. 
God, was that Irish? Yeah, he's he's an Irish Canadian. One of the <laughs> many, one of the many few. But uh, if you had to guess with this guy, how many locals would you at, be at to uh, hit thirteen vehicles? Oh my God! Here's the thing: some of the you know some of these are just so hard to gauge. I mean, you can go unknown loco. Which I mean, you here's know. the thing: he probably. I don't know that he knows the town. I mean, it says that he's he's arrested in Lake Tomahawk, Wisconsin, right, right. but that doesn't mean that he knows the town. It says that he he definitely comes from Thunder Bay, Ontario, Canada. My thing is, if he doesn't know the town, he still knows that vehicles park. <laughs> so I'm not going to give him too much leeway or slack on this. Dude, they park their moose in Canada. They don't have cars. Yeah. So my thing is, I he knows he knows what's happening. And, oh, I hit a cur. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, in my opinion, he's he's at least at the 12 loco. So three cans of loco, in my opinion. Because I don't think even somebody on two loco is probably like of safe sound mind that's going to say, I don't need to drive in this unfamiliar territory. Right. I'll probably just sleep under this bridge, troll it up. Maybe he gets into that third can. You know, he's somewhere between two and three. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, three and a half cans. I was going to say four, but we'll average out to three and a half cans of loco. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've had some locos, and I've had some wild nights on it. You know, I've had – I've probably been to a max eight loco. Yeah, I think for you and I, for sure, I'm going to reference the Dirty 30 birthday in uh, Fort Collins, Colorado. Oh, yeah, we had some locos. Uh, Definitely, yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna say two, two loco, two, two cans of four loco each. So eight loco between the two of us. We were sixteen loco. Yeah, but not th- this guy's easily himself twelve. Right. I mean, you're out of your mind at that point because even at an eight loco, you're still somewhat sane. I mean, you're not. Yeah, things you're, are you're, things are weird. You're seeing funny stuff, but you you know. <laughs> What's up? Yeah, I mean, your your butt's puckering up to holding the poop, but yep. you're still going. Well, because it's a wild drink, dude. This thing will set off the gut like you wouldn't believe. It's a dumb drink. Don't I, – I encourage – this is one of those drinks that we're probably not going to review until, like, our 100th episode. On our 100th episode, I'm telling you guys right now, we're going to review – for loco do you think we can get the creators actually the creators were actually a frat fraternity fraternity La- brothers that La- made it that wanted a party boys. i think they wanted a party all night so they came up with a drink actually yeah. so hopefully we you get know them what? Out here. we need to brew a beer that has cocaine and macho man in it oh yeah we need to get the girls brother <laughs> we're gonna get them down <laughs> except your penis isn't gonna work after no this. no you're, you're gonna be flaccid yep this guy's game over All right, our next segment is the local music segment where we highlight a local artist or band from right here in Wisconsin. Today's artist is Brave You. They are a Milwaukee band that is 100% fantastic. Uh, I've seen them live a bunch of times, and I also have the honor of calling these uh, handsome gentlemen our close friends. Uh, With infectious lyrics, crushing drum fills, Smooth as butter bass grooves and a sweet and, and sweet guitar licks. They check all of these boxes. I urge you to support these guys at braveu.bandcamp.com. Listen to them on Spotify, check them out on YouTube. They are awesome. 
Yeah, actually, I know Alex personally, Alex Mylink. Um, in high school, I always played music. I've done my own thing. But I was also in a band with Alex, and uh, he was the lead singer at the time. The band was called The Lost Cause. It's kind of like a punk rock band. Um, kind of like less than Jakey, kind of t- without the horns, obviously, but kind of that vibe. Definitely. And it was, yeah, it was cool, man. He's a great guy, and I highly recommend you check these guys out. I remember, I think all three of us were in a study hall one year with uh, the the science teacher. Was that Miss uh, uh, Wilson. Wilson? Yeah, yep. absolutely. So, absolutely, guys. This again is Brave You, and the song is the hospital. <laughs> Again, that was the phenomenal band Brave You from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And the song was The Hospital and the album is Places. Please check them out. They are phenomenal. I love these guys. All right. That brings us to our next segment, which is the beer review. Throughout today's episode, we have been sipping on some Eagle Parks Setlist IPA. This stuff is pure deliciousness, and their story is one that, for Russ and I, hits pretty close to home. Eagle Park Brewing is two brothers 
that love to play music and enjoy all things beer and brewing. So these guys, they had to make a choice. Chase musical fame or make a ton of beer. Although they chose to become brewers in Milwaukee, they still jam. I mean, everybody everybody that I know who has played music, obviously they make a choice at some point to become uh, you know, a real-world professional and, and give up the, the, the idea of fame and fortune of music, but they still have it deeply ingrained in their body to play tunes. So, again, I... I think this is an admirable compromise that they made, uh, but thank you for the the tasty nectar. Yeah, this beer is really good. Um, it's one of those beers. I mean, even on the can, it says it'll get you through a set list, and this one definitely would. If if I had this, it'd keep me pumping for a while. Um, it has multiple varieties of hops. You you really get a citrus kind of a tropical fruit and a little bit of that pine, that little bitterness you get from like the Lakefront IPA. Yeah, it comes through really well. It's it's pretty juicy tasting. It's not Very. really dehydrating. I like it, honestly. Yeah. It's like biting into a uh, a grapefruit. You get a bunch of juice and then you get that bitterness, the sourness, and then you do it all over again. You take another sip and it all hits right back. You get the the upfront hoppiness, but it like it just juicy and citrusy. It's amazing. This is one of this is probably one of my favorite IPAs I've ever tasted. It's really good. And, you know, the one thing I find very admirable is, for me, like, I have to wear, you know, the, the classic office getup. But I really respect that these guys found something that's kind of still alternative and they can support themselves. They can still do music, which music always stays with me. Even when I'm at work doing my engineering stuff, I still, I dream about music. I, I play my guitar often. Yeah, and, and honestly, right here in the studio, I mean, we're surrounded by music gear you wouldn't think that this is a podcast studio primarily which in the future hopefully it's uh, a, a better mix of both worlds but russ's vox you know ac you know uh 30 212 is sitting right behind him i've got you know my two fender amps the the deluxe reverb and the hot rod sitting behind me we've got a sweet gretch renowned drum set you wouldn't imagine that that's you know that that's the the life we chose too you'd think we're we're uh, right in there on the on the road, but in, in in all reality, we did the same thing, which is why I said their story it, it really mimics that of a lot of us, uh, including Russ and myself. We both at one point hit hit the studio hard with our buddy Sammy and uh, and, and actually Russ's uh, stepbrother Monty, and we we had a great album going, and you know it just again. This, this is the life you sometimes have to choose. You got to make a living for yourself. And um, like I said, their story definitely hits close, but they are excellent beer makers. Oh, These yeah. guys are phenomenal. I mean, this was kind of like we do homebrew. And at some point we, I remember discussing with you, Mike and me, we'd, we'd come up with our own brewery. Mike, Mike was always, Mike actually distributed beer. Yep. And Sturge and me would always sit in the kitchen, just kind of brew up beer, you know, talk crap and listen to good music. I mean, we would you know, brew gallons of beer at a time. Right. I mean, we'd sit in that kitchen for hours just yeah. making beer. But yeah, it's it's really admirable. And like I said, once you learn an instrument, it never really loses, leaves your heart. You always still have it carried with you. You know what I mean? Like you'd never lose that piano, you know, guitar, drums. Like once you have that in you, it never leaves. And it's the artistic nature too. You want to create. You can't quiet that forever. I mean, it, it definitely, it makes its way 
to the surface at some point and says, ah, let me out. I, I need to, I need to make, you know, and that's, I, I think that's for these guys, they found a really, really passionate way to do it. That still allows them to create because I'll even say right now, the can is artistic. The, the label is amazing, right? There's some chick rocking out drummer, a guy singing keys, and a and a, again, it's Eagle Park Brewing Company Setlist American IPA. I recommend you go and grab this beer, give it a shot, let us know what you think. You know, comment on our social media or whatever. And uh, without further ado, we do have an interview with uh, the Bavarian Beer House. All right. So we're here with Josh from uh, Bavarian Beer House. How you doing, Josh? Good. How are you guys? Not too bad. So we're just kind of wondering, uh, what what new beers you guys got on tap? Um, any events coming up? Just any any new news with the Bavarian Beer House? I know we go there all the time for my birthday yep. for the Oktoberfest, which is in September, which is awesome. Right. Yeah, it's getting pretty exciting by us, actually. The old Heidelberg Park, which is attached to our property, uh, we just reopened it. We did a full remodel. Um, it's a self-service uh, gig, so you come, you can stand and get beer, uh, bratwurst from you singers. We do uh, fish around the park on Fridays. We do fish on a stick, steckerel fish it's called, which is pretty awesome. And then uh, we do some pretty massive pretzels as well. Yeah, I know when we were out there last time, we were out, I think, in the, in the Heidelberg Park thing, and uh, that was absolutely phenomenal. The food out there is so good. Yeah, our, our chef Dennis Stuckel's been cooking uh, German food in Milwaukee for about thirty years now. Well, there you so, go. That's uh, why food is totally dialed in, and it's all traditional. And we have our rotisserie pits out there too, so we do the chickens and the pigs, just like at Oktoberfest in Germany. Awesome. Yeah, I remember all the guys were making fun of me because I got a foot long hot dog, and I felt a little insecure while eating that thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Not only a foot long hot dog, we got the meter worst too, so that's pretty. Uh, that's a pretty big one as well. Yes, we saw that. We didn't. We didn't want to look completely uh, insecure. <laughs> right. But uh, what what do you guys got for a beer on tap currently? Yeah. So uh, right now we have a new brewmaster, uh, Jacob Surtrock, and he he comes from Good City and before that Lakefront. Um, so he came in and he started working on some some fresh beer. We got have a killer beer, which is an amber. Uh, we call it our summer beer. So that's that's new and fresh, and that came out this Friday. And then in two weeks from now, we have a pineapple Weiss, which will be coming on. Wow, a pineapple Weiss. That's got to be awesome. Yeah, we, we did it last year, and that batch was gone within two weeks. So we have uh, 30 barrels of it this time around, and we'll see how long that lasts. But if it's successful, we'll probably make another batch of it as well. But uh, he's brewing almost every day right now because we get ready for Oktoberfest super early. So he's going to be brewing five batches of Oktoberfest. He's going to do some ales in between, and then uh, you know continue with our regular beers, our lager beers. So the the Hellas and the Uncle Dunkle and the and the Weiss that we have. Awesome! That sounds phenomenal. Yeah, we'll probably be there again this year for my birthday. And uh, is that one going to be in the uh, liter mug? Yep, everything you can get in a liter mug, not a problem. And right now, too, you can still bring your steins to us. We don't fill them. We fill a liter plastic glass. Okay. So you can take that, that cup and fill it right into your own mug. I was going to say, because last year when we went, my arm, I'm so buff in my right arm now from having to carry that thing around <laughs> full of beer. 
Yeah, it's awesome. And we do the competition too, where you, it's called Moss Krug Stemmen, where you hold out the liter beer mug and you see how long you can hold it out for. I'm going to have to hulk it out. I'm cool, going bo- for it. I'm, I'm already preparing right now. We had a we had a guy one time said that he would uh, hold a uh, a gallon milk jug during the commercials when he was watching TV to practice. Dude, that is dedication. I know I did yep. it. I, I did it at the German beer hall. What I would do is hold out a ten pound weight at home, just out in front of me for yep. as long as I could. Holy cow! I, I think I came in third yep. one year, but I I never won. I've not yet won one. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, it's not easy. No. So before we let you go, you care if we ask you a few questions about how Wisconsin you are? Yeah, go for it. All right, the first question we got for you, have you, have you ever milked a cow? I have milked a cow. Have you bare hands or do you use uh, the suction? Bare hands. Oh, you were a true hero. <laughs> That's how we were taught. It was actually a punishment for us. If we were misbehaving, we got sent <laughs> to the farm. Yeah. So, not and- as much milking as it was... Uh, Cleaning up after him, if you know what I mean. F- yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, we do. <laughs> Shoveling the old cakes. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you ever wore a flannel shirt to work? Absolutely. I do all the time. Yeah, same here. Yep. My boss doesn't like it, but I, I pretty much rock those all the time. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever operated a snowblower? Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, same here. <laughs> yeah, and, and just to just a side note on that, Aaron's snowblowers are the best. You got, you got an Aaron? I have a John Deere, so I don't know. We can fight about that. We can definitely talk about this. <laughs> we live on a farm right now, so I just use a blade and a, a big tractor to push it, but I used to do it. Awesome. Well, not everybody can be that guy, all right? Yeah, all right. Great. <laughs> have you ever wore a cheese hat? Never. Never? I have never worn a cheese hat. Not as I don't, as I I don't blame you, honestly. Like, they're kind of <laughs> dorky. I mean, I've rocked them. But... Yeah, it's definitely one of those things. You, you put it on really quick, and then you take it off. It's not... Right, so I don't, I don't know if that counts against me or for me. <laughs> no, <laughs> no you're good. definitely you're not. Good. No, neither have you, way. Have you ever rocked uh, camel pants? Oh, yeah, for sure. Same here. Yeah, yeah. definitely. With the flannel yeah. as well, the big buffalo red plaid. Right. <laughs> yeah. Have I you... wear that kind of stuff when I don't want people to talk to me at Walmart. Yeah, dude. Looking oh, like, yeah. Looking like, like a real Polak. You look like Joe Exotic right, totally. hanging out. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Exactly. So have you ever made beer brats? And if you have, what beer do you normally use? Yeah, so so we make beer brats all the time. Uh, at work, we use just the, the the beer that we have when we're uh, when we're cleaning lines. So we send the beer through first, and then uh, we use that. But usually, if I'm at home, it's Pabst. Very good. That's what that's what I use. That's kind of the Miller Lighter Pabst. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I and I don't think it's a waste. I mean. And, and I don't, I don't, uh, you know, boil the, the brats and the beer. I just hold them there. Like they're kind of like soaking. Oh, okay. Do you do that after they come off the grill? Like when they're yeah, settling? Yeah. Resting? Yeah. yeah. Totally. So the next question I got, have you ever been tailgating? Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 I've done that enough times. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. like asking, were you born? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> In Are Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever, yeah. have you ever drank a spotted cow? I have, yes, for sure. Okay, uh, I think I think it's all hype, but uh, well, it, you know what's interesting is I have friends that when they come from Germany, they they claim that that's the beer that they think tastes closest to what they have when they're at home. Well, and I think is that maybe I, due I, to I the fact that it's that. is it is it due to the fact that it's the the yeast and everything it's bottled with it. It 
possible, yeah. So I I, I heard I so. heard the actual owner goes to Germany though and picks the hops over there. He has a farm that he oh. that he rents, I oh, believe. Wow. Like I think they're Hollertau. Hollertau? Sure. Is that yeah. what you call it? Yep. I think so. And yep. uh, so, Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, yeah, the beers that we make too, everything comes from Germany. Everything except for the water and the yeast, you know, so Wow. Do, do you guys awesome. do you guys follow the uh, German laws with your beers, or do you kind of go wild? I mean, a lot of places kind of don't follow. I think it's the Raheiskabut. We yeah, we try to for the for the most part, um, but not every beer that we make we can. But yes, we do. Okay, and I got a question about brats. Do you ever eat them with or without the sauerkraut? Both. We do both. Yeah, I mean, we we get our sauerkraut from Germany, so there's a number of products that we actually have sent on a container. Uh, every every month to us from Germany, and we're able to actually source and get like mustard and sauerkraut and stuff like that cheaper in Germany than we can here. Wow. Dude, that's awesome! Buy in bulk. Yeah, it is really awesome because the product is so much better. It is. It's a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. And we got one more question for you before we get you off the line here. Have you ever sure. drove a lawnmower with a beer? Oh yeah. Like yesterday, yeah, yeah, absolutely. In my John Deere, there is a cup holder, and I know that it's got to be there for beer. I was just gonna when say, I, a, I mean, there, yeah. there, it's there for a uh, reason. When I was a kid, I can remember my dad and his simplicity. He would have w- w- one beer between his legs and drinking one, and then they were the returnable Huber Bach bottles. Oh, and he would like lay them down in the lawn, right? Because he because they would rattle and fall <laughs> off the lawnmower. And there's nowhere to put it, right? And then he'd get mad at us kids because he thinks he thought that we were taking the bottles out of his returnable case until like he'd come around and mow the lawn the next time and hit one of those bottles and they like eject and flash and fly out the side. <laughs> That's a classic dad move. Right, totally. <laughs> it's always the kids' fault. Yep. But thank you so much for the time today. Um, we'll hopefully, we'll see you at the Oktoberfest this year and uh, we'll bring you some koozies and stuff. Awesome, for sure. Thank you guys. All right. Thank you so much, Josh. Thank you for your time. Have an awesome Take day. Care. Thank you. All right, bye. Bye. All right, we have a review that actually comes to us today from a reviewer on Apple Podcast uh, with the username, and I hope I'm pronouncing this right, The Gelly. Cool podcast with a little bit of history. Being from Wisconsin myself, these guys dove into old folklore that I didn't even know about. Looking forward to listening weekly to pass the day at work. Five stars. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's awesome. And honestly, thank you to every listener and every supporter that we have, every subscriber that we have. We really, truly appreciate everything that you have given us and everything that you allow us to do. I really hope that all of you have a safe and enjoyable uh, 4th of July weekend. Ah! Mullet Eagle says, have a good one. Hey, take a lesson from Jason Pierre Paul. Don't let off fireworks in your hand. Yeah, we hope to see you at some live shows. And uh, thank you, everyone, for, for reviewing. Keep dropping those in there. We'll keep re- keep putting them on the podcast. Thank you. All right. That concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, we recommend you subscribe via SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Also, leave us a review on any one of those above-mentioned sites, and we can read one at the end of every show. Follow us on social media, and feel free to reach out, especially if there is a piece of history or weird news you'd love us to share or research, as well as 
highlight some local artists or music. Our website is projectcapestudio.com. I'd also like to thank my friend and past co-worker, Steph Skibak, for providing us with awesome podcast cover art, as well as a dang it for intro and outro music, and all of you for listening. As always, watch, watch out, out for deer, deer on, on the way, way home. home.